concerning the will of God and divine direction. Discerning the will of God and divine direction. Divine direction is very important, especially in times and seasons that we're living in. You need to be able to know what God is doing and where he's going. Is that okay? And you need to be able to hear God for yourself. In every situation, there's always two wills. There's the will of God and the will of man. Today is anointing service. Is that okay? Today is what? Anointing service. And we will be going, doing prayer at the end of the service. And we are doing anointing for two things. For business breakthrough and for marital breakthrough. The, one, the same as we did on Friday. Is that fine? Yes, but we'll be doing this at the end. So... Um, God has given the authority in this world to man. Is that fine? The authority of this world has been given to man. How do we know? The Bible says the heavens, even the highest heavens, belong to God, but the earth he has given to the children of men. And we also know because God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion or let them have authority over all the earth. So God, by his word, delegated authority of the earth to man. Which means for the will of God to prevail, man must make a choice to go with the will of God. For the will of God to prevail in any situation, man must make a choice to go with the will of God. God does not force man to go with his will. The greatest gift God has given man is the gift of choice. So God will defend your choice even if that choice is against him. God will defend your choice even if that choice is against him. That's why God takes people to hell. Why? They chose that one. So God defends your choice and makes sure you get what you chose. Am I talking? God will defend, because God gave you the gift of choice, he will organize the whole heaven to defend your choice. Even if that choice is hurting him, he will make sure you get what you chose. The will of man can override the will of God. We said this on Wednesday. The will of man can override the will of God in any situation. That's why Jesus had to make a choice to submit to the will of God. He said, if it be thy will, let this cup be removed from me. But he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because if Jesus didn't say that, God would have had to respect the will of Jesus and remove the cup. Say so here. The will of God is not intrusive in your life. God 
the will of God really looks normally like suggestions. Because the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He won't come at force. It's not like the devil who gives you an addiction and you have to do something. Even if you don't want, you find you're going to bow to a leaf. You must smoke now and you go to smoke. God is a gentleman. So he will put his will there and it leaves the choice to you to choose his will. There are certain things that God allows man to decide and there are certain things that God expects you to follow his will. God will not pronounce himself upon a matter that does not directly affect your destiny or your assignment in God. Let me repeat that. God will not pronounce his will on a matter that does not directly affect your assignment in the kingdom. What am I saying? There are certain things we ascribe to God or we ask God about when God really doesn't care. Why? Because that thing you're asking about is not directly relevant in the larger scheme of your assignment in the kingdom. So it will not, whatever choice you make on this thing, it will not affect your assignment in the kingdom. So God doesn't care, choose what makes you happy. Am I talking? So it is foolishness to wake up in the morning, Lord, should I wear the brown dress or the blue one? Yabba, yabba, yabba. Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. Yabba, yabba. Brown or red? Picky, picky, ponky. God said, I don't care. That is within the purview of your will. Whatever makes you happy today, put it on. Am I talking? Why? Because whatever choice you make in this wardrobe, it will not affect your assignment in the kingdom of God. So long as you're not naked. Nakedness might affect, I think. <laughs> if you say it doesn't affect, then you go out with nothing. It affects. If you don't know, ask uh, Noah and Ham and Japheth. Yesterday we were having a youth meeting here with the revival movement. How was the meeting, revival movement? It was awesome. And we're discussing about this new phenomenon that has just arrived in town where everybody is going for house party. 16, 17 years. They are going to house party. And I didn't know much about this and they were informing me. People have cakes and this cake has bangi inside. True story. Kuna keki, na keki kuna nini? Bangi ndani. You think somebody is carrying cupcakes and a box. Kumbe mtu amebeba nini? Bangi. Inside there's bang. Inside there's uh, what? I need to write something about that. House party. And people pay money. Young people pay money to go to these things. I'm told they pay money. Wanaenda huko. Wanaonalala huko a whole week. They hire a house. It's a miracle, I'm telling you. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle young 17, 19 years old and then there's something called gangeton 
And this is like, uh, it's a miracle. So they're arresting these people all over the place. And I told my sons and daughters, if I find you, the first thing I do is collect your head. After that, we discuss. So the will of God, God will not pronounce himself on a matter, really, that does not affect, directly affect your assignment in God. Am I talking? Am I talking? Most people can fulfill their assignment even if they live with somebody. You know, somebody, somebody asked me one day, does God have a specific person for me to marry or not? I want my soulmate. For most people, the one you see and you love, that is your soulmate. Am I talking? And for most people, the one you're already married to, that is your? Papa, tell me, is this marriage, I mean, the will of God? What do you think? You've been there 11 years. Now you must pray to scatter it. Please, some things. You must organize to make that thing work. Am I talking? I don't think I married the right man. Why? Because now everything has come together. He has one pack. God is collecting all things together in Christ. No, 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 no. There are certain things you can decide because they don't affect your assignment in the kingdom of God can make a decision. We shoot where? It is not God who will tell you what to cook tonight. You make a decision. I like Gideri. Cook Gideri. It does not affect the kingdom of God in any way. People will sit. There are stupid Christians. Every morning they wake up, God, please let me know which shoe. There's somebody who came up, I told you the other time, on Wednesday, with two different shoes. God told them. One red, one blue. This is the will of God. This is stupidity on steroids. You're wearing two different shoes. God told me in the morning I must wear red, I must wear blue. Okay. How are... There are certain things you don't... A lot of the... Why prayers are not answered? Because what you are supposed to do, you are pushing on to God. Am I talking? You're pushing on to God. At your workplace, you know you are supposed to develop your skills. This is not a God affair. They have to go to school. Go do some accounting or whatever, man. Stop the prayer. Go get book, read. But the things that are going to affect directly the kingdom of God. Now, there are some people, because of their calling... God will tell them specific people to marry. Am I talking? Because of their assignment in the kingdom, whom they marry matters. God doesn't care whether you palm your hair or you calicate it. Especially if you're a woman. This is not a prayer item. Even if you wear a wig and you go with it to the shamba, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't affect the kingdom of 
God. But there are people whose hair affects the kingdom of God. So then God will speak to you about it, like uh, Samson. Who was that? Samson, right? The hair of Samson, God had a specific interest in his hair. Why? Because his hair affected his assignment. Your own does not affect. If you want to shave bald, more grace to you. Shave. Say here. Say here. So how can we know the will of God? How can we be able to discern the will of God for our lives? I'll divide this into two. One is the written will of God. The written will of God. You know, most people don't know the will of God, one, because of wrong teaching. There are people who teach you, you must pray about everything. Pray whether you should breathe today or not. Say the written will of God. What God has revealed in his word is the stupidity to pray about it. What God has revealed in his word is a fallacy to go to God in prayer about that. For example, marriage is between man and woman. So if one John wants to marry one Steve, and they go to God, Rebbe, Rebbe, Lord, tell us the will of God about this marriage. God says, go to my word. I already pronounced myself on this thing. Your prayer will not change the word of God. Am I talking? If God says man and woman, you can't bring two men and now pray it into being God's will. It will never work. Jane and Alice cannot go and pray themselves into God's will to be married. God already pronounced himself on this matter. Your prayer will not change the written will of God. So if you can find it in the Bible, it is the will of God. Can I repeat that? If it is written in the Bible, please don't pray for God to change that one. It is never going to happen. It doesn't matter which mountain you go to climb to fast. It will never happen. It's a waste of time. If you can find it in the Bible, it is the will of God. So the first place to look for the will of God is in the Bible. Find out what has God written concerning this matter. Has God already pronounced himself on it? And what was written concerning this matter? And go with that one. Say here. The written will of God is also our guide when we are moving into the revealed will of God. The written will of God is our guideline when we are hearing God on another matter that he has not directly pronounced himself on in the Bible. So if whatever you're hearing somehow contradicts what is written, then you know you're not hearing God. 
There is nothing God will tell you that will come against what he has already written. Am I talking? We must study the will of God that is already written for us. Why? For the primary purpose of knowing the character of God. Say character. Say character. Say character. So when you study the word of God, you know God and you know his character. You know how he would act in a situation. So if you, if you know the character of God, then you see something that is not consistent with that character, then you know you're not seeing something of God. So you cannot be fooled. Somebody cannot say, God has told me this, but whatever they're saying is inconsistent with the character of God. Say, I know how God behaves and God will not do this. If whatever you are doing results in people being murdered, it's not a character of God. The character of God is love. Am I talking? If whatever you're doing in a, it results in hujuma for people, it doesn't portray love. If whoever is saying it, however high ranking they are, it's not the will of God. Say here. So you must know the word of God so that you can be able to imbibe or understand or discern the character of God. So that if you see something, even if it is not found in the Bible, but whatever the, the outcome is not consistent with the character of God, it is not of God. So in your attempt to discern the revealed will of God, you cannot substitute that um, with studying, uh, you cannot substitute studying the Bible with the revealed will of God. Any revealed will of God that you get must have been born out of your study of the word of God and must be in line or consistent with the word of God that you have studied. This is very important because in a prophetic church like this, people start seeing things. People start hearing God. People start prophesying. And because they, they, they hear God and prophesy and see things and those things are accurate, they think, why should I study the word of God? Me, I talk to him directly. It's not true. The more you talk to God directly and the more God talks to you directly, the more you should study the word of God because it is very easy to hear other things as well. The more you are open in the spirit, you can hear other things as it's very, very easy because it is not only the spirit of God spirit realm. There are many spirits and they're all talking to you. There are many spirits and they're all vying for your attention. Am I talking? And if you have not trained your spirit to hear the voice of God, if you have not trained your spirit to discern the character of God, it is easy to go off and hear funny things. And because it is from a supernatural source, you assume it is the Holy Spirit. It's not necessarily... The fact that something is one 
doctrinally consistent and two, is true does not mean it is necessarily from God. Last story, Manatiza. Rindol Simi Kandisa. Truth. Truth. Is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Truth is what? Truth is what? When the Holy Spirit ministers to you, that is truth. Let me give you an example. The Paul said we were going up to pray, and a certain lady was following us. And this lady started prophesying. This lady was among the church people. She was among and she started doing what? Prophesying, saying, these men are men of God. They have come to tell you the truth. And she did this for three days. Following them, prophesying. Was she prophesying truth? Yes. Was she prophesying something consistent with the gospel of God? Yes. But you need the Holy Ghost to minister to you truth apart from this person, what this person is saying. So even if somebody comes carrying the word of God, you must have I'll be talking about this. Let me not get ahead of myself. Say the, the written word of God. The written word of God. The written word of God. Is the written will of God. So the first place you go when you want to know the will of God is, has God already spoken about this? Even before I ask him to speak to me, has he already spoken to humanity generally? about this matter. So go to the word of God and study it and find out what is the will of God on this. And the second part is the revealed word of God. Say revealed word of God. Say revealed word of God. Say revealed word of God. The revealed word of God is when you need a direction from God and you cannot find that direction directly from the Bible. For example, which business to start? You want to know which business to start? God, give me, give me direction on which business I must start. You cannot go to the Bible and say, okay, you must start um, engineering. It's not in the Bible. So you must hear from God directly. Which course do I take in campus? God must talk to you. Should I live in Nairobi or should I move down to southwest of? Where must I go? You cannot go to the Bible and discover Kanyakine there. So God must talk to you directly. That's called the revealed will of God. How will God bring his revelation to you? Number one. Dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. I know the dreams and visions have been abused a lot, but dreams and visions are one of the initial outcomes of being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are expected to have dreams and to have visions. The Bible says, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall... See visions. Your old men shall 
dream dreams. The old, old man doesn't mean old in age. It means mature. You're mature people. They shall dream dreams. So dream is one of the consistent ways that God will speak to you. So if you pray about an issue and you're looking for an answer, is that okay? You must, um, God can bring that answer through a dream or through a vision. A dream is called a vision of the night. Another word for dream in the Bible is vision of the night. So a dream is a vision, isn't that you have it when you are sleeping? There are different kinds of visions that I want to don't want to go into, into now. But a vision, um, a dreams and visions are one of the ways that God will speak to you. Now, if you are spiritually still developing, the devil can also manipulate your dreams. So not every dream you get is from God. This is why you can not only rely on one method of um, communication with God. Is that fine? Not every dream you get is from? Hey, you are very quiet. Good morning. Not every dream you get is from? God, because the devil can also manipulate your dreams. In fact, the general objective is so that you grow, so that even in your dreams, the devil tries to confront him. Ah. I have had spiritual warfare in my dream. They come and say, what, what? I say, no. I'm dreaming, but I'm saying, out. Even in the dream, I will not be certain. Even in the dream, I am ruling. You must grow to a point where even in the dream, you are not being manipulated. You are the one in charge. Say, so I hear. So you must not take every dream you get as being from God. The devil can manipulate your dream. Am I talking? God, when he wants to issue an instruction to you, he will take the face of somebody you respect. Mostly your spiritual father like me, you'll see my face. And I'll come and tell you something. God will use my angel. Is that okay? But the devil can also take my face to confuse you. So you must have discernment. Sir, I think Papa is not a man of God. I saw him climbing a tree and he was wearing something black. God is telling me something. It's not true. It's the devil trying to confuse you. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. So if you get one witness, ask God for another witness before you establish a matter. If you get a, a, a dream, ask God to use another way. And God is not angry at this. He will establish, especially if that instruction is very important, like starting a ministry where hundreds and thousands of souls will be affected or impacted. God must confirm for you properly. Otherwise, you go there, you have no food to eat. Your wife is on your neck like the wife of Job. Cast God. Say here. God must confirm. God is not averse. It is not disrespectful to God to say, God, can you confirm this? I need a second and third witness on this matter. Am I in the correct track or this thing? Is this thing going to torpedo my destiny? 
Say here. You want to marry some bugger, some gentleman, some, some son of the soil. The, the man is throwing, sending him pesa every five minutes. You're not connecting. <laughs> okay, your own is just sending. Where are you? Uko happy? Unafaya nini? You want to spend the rest of your life with this one. You must be sure. You must be? You must be? So God Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. This will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses every word shall be established. That is true. It is okay to ask God to give you a confirmation of this thing. And God is willing to confirm it for you. Say dreams and visions. Say dreams and visions. Some dreams you get to establish it. Because it is in the spirit, you must pray it in the natural. For example, if you dream... The other day I dreamt there was a safe and inside there were like five safes and they were in my house. And all of them were full of, three of them were full of dollars, two of them were full of uh, euros. True story. They, they were, they were, that one you're collecting. It's my dream. <laughs> I'm the one who dreamt this one. So I opened the safe like this and the, the money poured out. I didn't know it was. You know those bundles? They poured out. I was collecting them, putting them back. I said, Banange, this is a good dream. <laughs> so some dreams you get, so you can pray them into manifestation. Then the spirit, you must pray them into manifestation. Am I talking? If you don't pray them, they don't come to pass. I think two years ago, I had a dream. I think it was T.B. Joshua or somebody. They came to me. And I was in the middle of two men of God. They said, you'll get two vehicles and a four-bedroom house and 10 million. This was the prophetic word in the dream. This was about two years ago. I told my wife about it. I told my wife, I've just dreamt two vehicles, four-bedroom house, and 10 million. They didn't say currency, so me, I put dollar. <laughs> I'm not foolish. I am not? They didn't specify? So that was open. They can look quickly, choop. This is two years down the line. I have two. Two cars, it's true. And I've given away two in the space of two years. And uh, four bedroom house. Now the only thing remaining is $10 million. It means it must come. If the other two have been fulfilled, this other one must also be 
fulfilled. They came together, so they must appear. They are here. So some dreams God gives you so that you can pray them into manifestation. Others, you get them so that you can cancel them. So there's no bad dream. I had a bad dream. I don't even know why I had it. It means after this, very unhappy. They're wondering when they'll finish, why they're not going off. There is no You get a bad dream, a nightmare, oh, two vehicles came, bang themselves together, and you're inside that. What do you do? Cancel. You get a dream, money is flowing, people are giving you gold from everywhere, you're building 15 mansions. What do you do? Pray it into existence. Either way, you benefit. They're here. Because of time, I'm moving on. Apart from dreams and visions, God will also speak to you in peace. Say peace. peace. Say peace. peace. The peace of God will settle in your heart concerning a matter. This will be God confirming to you that this matter is of God. The Bible says, let the peace of God garrison your heart. Let the peace of God be a referee. The peace of God is your Referee, it garrisons your heart concerning a matter. If you're praying about an issue and every time you pray about this issue, you lose your peace, there's a problem. God is telling you there is? Kunashidapa. Watch, wait, don't rush into this thing. Don't rush, there's a problem here. Don't let your emotions override your lack of peace. Don't let your love for this fellow or his car override your lack of peace. God is putting a check in your spirit. A lack of peace. Your peace just lives. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Can you put amplified version? Philippians chapter 4 verse 7. Say the peace of God. Say the peace of God. Say the peace of God. This is very important, especially when circumstances are um, going well. You know, most people judge whether it is of God or not if the circumstances are good. If the circumstances are good, it is of God. If the circumstances are bad, it is not of God. It is not true. Sometimes, all that glitters is not gold.
The Bible says there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. The end thereof is death. So when you're starting, you might not see the death ahead. So you think we'll make money, we'll make money. It's a good business. Let us go. We can do like this, like this. We rob the bank. The end thereof is death. So God puts you, every time you're talking to this person, you like peace. Every time you're about to have a meeting and so and so is coming, your peace just disappears. So it, and, the, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with this earthly lot of whatever sort, that is, the peace which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So whenever you are thinking about an issue and you lose peace over this issue, kuna she? Kuna nini? Now, it doesn't have to be wrong for you to lose peace about it. Maybe there's some other things that need to be completed. Okay, let me say, you're planning a wedding with some fellow and you're thinking seriously about it and you're losing peace over it. It doesn't mean necessarily this is the wrong fellow. Probably need, means this fellow first needs to be delivered. There are certain things that need to happen before you enter this thing. So don't abandon. No, no, no. It's, it's ask God, why am I losing my peace? Number two, and, and then also learn whether it is you're losing your peace or you're just scared of the unknown. These are two different things. Sometimes you're scared, but you have peace. Being scared is not the, is, does not mean it is not of God. Being scared just means you're, you're, you're a human being. You're fearing for the future, for the possibility of collapse or fail. Am I talking? So being scared does not mean I have lost my peace. No, no, no. It is possible to be scared and very afraid, but you have peace. You're just afraid because you have never done this thing before. Say, I hear. So, number one, we are in class. I said, number one? Number two? Number two? Number three? Witness of the Spirit. Witness of the Spirit. The Bible says, the Spirit of God witnesseth with my spirit that I am a child of God. The Spirit of God gives witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. That's the book of Romans. Oh, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of the way is the way of death. So sometimes when it looks all good and you, have lo you are losing peace, at the end of that thing, Kunashida, and God is trying to save you. You must listen to him. You can be listening to a powerful man of God. See, boom, 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 boom. But every time you listen to him, you lose your peace. And ah, this man seems like a powerful man of God, but ah, why? Why is it every time I put on this, I'm listening to, I lose my... 
God is telling you something. God is telling you something. Nina chotaka niwe niwe wetu. Are you learning something? Nina chotaka niwe niwe wetu. Ajaya moyo wangu ni Yesu tu. Ajaya moyo Na chota kani wewe, na chota kani wewe, 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 na chota kani wewe, na chota kani of the spirit so this thing you're doing the Holy Ghost will witness with you will put a check in your spirit this thing is right you'll put tick or you'll put X let me put it like this the communication language of God it's not English, really. You know, when we say the will of God, we want God to, we want to hear the voice of God, but God does not only speak. God communicates in other spiritual channels as well. God has many other spiritual channels of communication apart from just. Check, check. Put my mic, okay. It is not easy today. What was I saying? I was teaching. Witness of the Bible says the Spirit Himself witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. So there'll be a witness in your spirit. That means you must be able to decipher, you must get sensitive to God until you are able to discern that witness. Not every believer can do it. Am I talking? Not every believer can be able to is sensitive to the spirit of God. The language of God essentially is light. It's what? The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. So the God is light. The Bible says God is 
light. So the language of God is light. But you must have, um, what do you call this? A receiver that can be able to translate this into what you can understand. And a man of God preaching, and they give an example of a, a phone. Remember those old phones that if you send MMS, what, is, what does MMS mean? Multimedia message, eh? If you send multimedia message to the phone, the phone translates it as gibberish. You send a multimedia message to a phone, when you try to open it, it is what? It is gibberish, it is nonsense, it's zero, it is funny things. The problem is not the message. The problem is not even the sender. The problem is the receiver. The receiver is not developed enough, doesn't have, is not upgraded enough to be able to accept this message and translate it into something understandable. Most believers don't have their spirits developed enough to translate what God is saying and to uh, they are something they can understand. Their spirits are dull, so they cannot be able to decipher the witness of God in their spirit. So you must upgrade your spirit to a level where you, when God has put a check on it, you know God has put a check. Is that okay? This can help you because you're walking like this. You're about to take a certain route, you get a check. In your spirit, you change the route. Then you hear there were robbers down the line. They have killed five people. Say, Bananke, God has saved me. You are traveling to your country. You are about to enter. Somebody, they are, they are giving prize your journey, prize your journey. You want to enter a bus, check. Say, ah, and then. And the one you take is more. You say, Bananke, God, help me. You must be in a state of alertness for that check all the time. It can be the difference between life and death. You must stay alert for that check in the spirit, for that witness in the spirit all the time. And God is always communicating. It is your receiver that has a problem. Here. That is why it is very important to pray in tongues. Say prayer in tongues. What does prayer in tongues do? It upgrades your receiver. So you are able to pick the MMS messages that are coming in the air. Let me give you. Have you seen me prophesying to someone? I say, let me prophesy to you. I try to prophesy, I can't see much. What do I do? I say, it means I can't receive, so I need, to upgrade, I need to upgrade my antenna to pick up something about this fellow. Am I talking? So prayer in tongues builds up your receiving capacity. And it is very important. You are about to sign a business deal, then check. Say, hey, wait, let's negotiate some more. Wait, I will sign this next week. Eh? Let's talk a bit about this. Why? There was a check in your spirit. And then you look at this person. Mm, tell me about your partners. 
I am what? I am partnering what? What? And every year we go to Mauritius, we go to 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 Mombasa. Suddenly you discover things you didn't know. You would have signed into this stuff. Check in your spirit. Say witness in my spirit. Say witness in my spirit. You must be spiritually alert at all times. This is not just in church. In fact, this is more useful outside church than here. It's more useful outside church. Unaenda kunandu dhitano. You want to take one of them. The one you sit on, you feel a check in your spirit to unashuka. Sema, hey, apana, wacha nchukwe ingine. Why? God is saving you from something. You are operating as a spirit being. They are here. They are here. This can be the difference between life and death. You must learn to develop that witness of the spirit. Number? Number what? Discernment. 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 And if you're here and you don't pray in tongues, we are having a week of the Holy Spirit. We shall change all that in Jesus' name. Say discernment. The book of Hebrews, I think, chapter 4 says, Those who by reason of use have their senses sharpened or exercised so that they are able to discern between good and evil. Discernment. Discernment works a lot like the check, but it's more detailed. Discernment. You can ask God for discernment. Like in a place like this, you can discern. Discern means separation between spirits and between people or between events. Am I talking? You can be able to um, categorize. Like when I wake up and say, there's a deliverance anointing. How do I know that? It's by discernment. I'm discerning anointings. Am I talking? I'm discerning anointings. When I say there's a healing anointing here, how do I know? It's by discernment. I can discern this and the anointing has shifted. The anointing has shifted. When I say God wants to bless people, there's prosperity anointing. Okay, I don't normally say that. I say gold dust is about to appear in people's hands. Oil Why? The prosperity anointing has hit. Money is about to be delivered to people. How do I know? By discernment. You can discern anointings. You can discern spirits. In fact, it's normally called the discernment of spirits. You can discern spirits. How do you discern spirits? That's why I say there's an angel in the room. How do I know? By discernment. You discern the presence of an angel. Most believers can be able to discern to some level. You need to develop that as well. They are here. You need to develop that as well. You can enter a room like this and then discern these people have been speaking about me. Discernment immediately works. There's a gossip about me that was going on here. Or you can be working with somebody, then one day you enter office, you begin to discern this person has turned against me. 
I must watch. Who you? Two years down the line, Tapatashi. So I must do what? Discernment is working for you. Am I talking? You can, you, you can be having a, a group, a business meeting with a group of people. Then out of the group, you can discern one. Who you? Who you? So now you can direct your prayer accordingly. Am I talking? You can discern everybody else is okay except one. Yes, And for sure, two weeks down the line, kinainuka kuinuka. You cannot move because of this fellow. Say here. You must have what? Say discernment. Discernment. Most people, especially my young people, they can discern angels. They don't know it's discernment, but you feel it. When I move close to you, what do you feel? You feel the presence. How do you feel that? By discernment. Your discernment is getting developed. Some people are like this tree, this pole here. They can discern nothing. <laughs> Out of the spiritual atmosphere that is existing, they can discern nothing. Now, people start like that. But as the discernment begins to develop, they start becoming sensitive. They start becoming the sensitivity of the spirit begins to develop. There are people who are so sensitive, they know Papa is here. They feel it. They feel the shift in atmosphere. How many feel that, by the way? I need to know. How many know when I've arrived, they, hey, Papa has arrived, things are changing. If your, tongues, if your tongues was not catching, suddenly it catches. You are struggling. Nothing. Then you find rapash. Hey, 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 around. Something has happened. Something has shifted. What has happened to you? You have discerned my presence. You have done what? Discerned. There are people they can discern my presence even on text. The papa was dry when I said hello on WhatsApp. When you started reading the text, I started feeling anointing. True story. I was waiting, I was waiting. When I saw you have opened, you are typing. Power of God started coming. What is happening? Discernment is working. Your spirit is becoming sensitive to the connection. You must believe God that you become more than this pole. You must become different from the wall. Is that true? <laughs> you and the wall. Nikweli. You and the wall cannot be. There are people who are so sensitive when they, even the slightest presence of God, they start vibrating like this. Their discernment level, your antenna is sharp. So, like in the Guinea, I How are you feeling? Especially men. Hey, men take a long time for discernment to develop. That's why they always put in boxes by women. Zero discernment. You look at a guy and you look at the woman he's marrying. Say, this woman will give you trouble. Let her give me. He thinks, yeah. 
Discernment is one of the ways you can be able to tell what God is doing. And you flow with him. If I didn't have discernment, I, God would be going this way and the church is going the other way. The meeting becomes dry. Sometimes the meet, when the meeting is very dry, I find out, okay, what, where, is, where is God going? Probably we are, we are not flowing with the river. We must flow with the river. Sometimes my worship team, zero discernment, dry. Please change that song. Last week, but please don't bring it here. Stop bringing your third world problems to the pulpit. Change that song. Get some discernment going. Check what's those. The song is dry. You are dry. You are drying up the meeting. They are here. Say discernment. Say discernment. That is why this worship team is one of the top in this country. Just discernment like this. Sometimes they miss it, but most times they are with it. There are visitors who came here and say, Banange, that worship team. I wish I had that in my church. I say, continue wishing. <laughs> One day you ride horses. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I hear you. Say discernment. You must develop your capacity for capacity for what? Discernment. It will help you very, very much. You'll be able to. Some people are so sharp they can discern angels, the different types of angels. If somebody has a calling, especially an apostolic or prophetic calling, by configuration of that office, they will have discernment. In fact, you can generally judge somebody's calling by their discernment. You can say this one has a calling because their discernment level becomes very high. Why? By virtue of the calling that they have on their lives. But even if you don't have a calling, you can get an impartation of discernment gift. Is that fine? So that you use it to make money. You can be looking at a small company, but you can discern 20 years down. You can be able to discern differences in time. Is that okay? You look at something small, everybody is ignoring this, but by discernment you can tell this thing is going to be big. Is it going to be? So you put some money there. Say so here. And, every, and another, the opposite is also true. Everybody's rushing to put money somewhere, but you, by discernment, you know, all this, this is a scam. Pyramid. If you had money there, you withdraw quickly. They are here. And God saves you, you are 200,000. And your neighbor goes down. Say, sorry. Next time, come to church. Christianity is for practical benefit. The Spirit of God gives you an added advantage. Say here. Because of time. 
The next one is prophetic word. God will communicate to you by prophetic word. This is the word you get from the Bible yourself or spoken to you by a man of God. You must be careful though to be able to differentiate the gift, the prophetic gift from the spiritual maturity of the giver. Let me explain that. Every prophetic word received from God is influenced by the amount of the word of God and the maturity of the one. The person, the reception, the interpretation, and the delivery of the word of the prophetic word will be influenced by the maturity and the amount of the word of God of the deliverer, the one delivering. Some people, because of prophetic gift, they don't study the word of God, so they have no word in them, even though they have a gift. So they end up with their method of interpretation and their method of delivery, they end up hurting people. Even though what they're saying is true, but their immaturity causes them to hurt people in their method of delivery. Are you listening? So as a believer you must be able to discern or tell what to accept and what to throw in the dustbin because of the, you must separate the gift from the, the fact the person has a gift doesn't mean they are a mature Christian. Are you listening to me? So they can come and give you a delivery that can, you know somebody sitting with their wife and this person has just come from Mombasa and you have a sharp prophetic gift, say power. As I, I see Mombasa written on your head. Is it true? I'm just from Mombasa. I see you going to a toilet. This is like white sands. You're entering room 232. But who is this entering with you? I see. What have you done? You have given accurate prophetic word, but you have, you have destroyed a family. You have destroyed? You have destroyed a family. When the Bible says prophecy is for encouragement, prophecy is for edification. Edification means building up. You now you're using your gift to tear down. Not because you want, but because you don't have enough word in you. If you had enough word of God in you, you'd know God hates divorce. You'd know this. But because you don't have word, you're striking on the stage. Eh? Is it true or not? Is it? You are not confirming. Confirm. <laughs> you think it is about you. 
and you are destroying souls. You are destroying people. Even though it is true what you say. But you are not saying it with the maturity and the word of God and the love of God. So the resultant effect is people come out of the kingdom of God, families are destroyed, even lives. That woman from there, she's heading to court. Because of your prophecy. How many kids do you have? One, two, three, four. Are you sure? Me, I see five. As I look in the village in Meru, I'm talking. Who is Mary? Mary? The man did not know this lady had another one. According to him, it's her sister. This is what he was told when he took Dari. You, you have come with your prophetic nonsense. You are exposing everything. From here, the war that will be in that house, and it will be on your head. Is it true? So the fact somebody can prophesy your bank account doesn't mean they're a mature Christian. People get confused by this. That's why when I see my sons and daughters prophesying, I first tell them, sit down. You must learn the word. You must learn? You know, somebody, I can prophesy, Papa, give me a church. Let me show these people what I can do. I say, first of all, sit down. Banagi. We don't want you to go destroy people. This is a bazooka you are carrying. You're carrying what? And we cannot imagine if I gave you real now a gun. A real gun shooting people. <laughs> I'll use it to shoot the devil, yes, but you need to discern between the devil and people. Sometimes that devil is hidden inside human beings. You don't want to kill people. They are here. They are here. So every prophetic word delivered to you has gone through a human being. And if that human being is not refined in their faith, you might end up being destroyed. But the same word that was meant to build you After every prophetic session, you must live out, you must get out of that place feeling encouraged, feeling edified. Am I talking? Feeling comforted. The Bible says prophecy is for comfort, for encouragement, and for edification, not for pointing out the sins of people. They are not sinning against you. David said, it's you, God, I've sinned against. So please, it's not your duty to ferret out. You have seen me normally. You see, God will not give you a word without giving you the solution for that word. If you don't have the solution, shut up. Go pray. Do what? Shut up. You're not impressing us with, okay, maybe you're impressing a few. But this is not the objective. 
You in the flesh. Shut up. What is the use of discerning somebody has cancer then you're not healing them? Imagine somebody didn't know. Ah, look at you. Mm. Can I prophesy? Go deeper. Boo, Prophet Awaga. Okay, now you're feeling encouraged. You want to show these people. Good. As I look, your blood has issue. When is the last time you went for blood tests? Uh, what have you done? This person who's living life, you have just destroyed it. You have just destroyed it. Now from there, the person will never have rest. Is that true? They will go for? When they go for tests and find your prophecy is true. What have you done now? Have you helped this person? If you are not going to remove the thing, don't go pray for them. If you are not going to change the situation, don't. It's not necessary. Prophecy, okay, part of what prophecy is for is not for information. It doesn't say prophecy is for information, no. It is for comfort, for edification, for encouragement. Not for show. Not to boost my ego. Do you know I can prophesy? How many know I can prophesy? But I rarely prophesy. Do you see me prophesy here every Sunday? No. In fact, I avoid to prophesy. Why? So that instead I can teach. If I teach, I have helped you more. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So people, after they come out of your prophecy session, they should feel edified, exhorted, and comforted. If people are coming out of your prophecy session and they are suspicious one with another, you didn't serve God. You served someone else, but it was not God. Even if you call yourself man of God, you are walking, you feel, hmm, I did my thing today. No, you didn't. You served the devil. I know people, they, after prophecy, families, <laughs> the fact what you are saying is true doesn't make it right for you to say it. Also, even if you have this information and you really want to deliver it, there are ways of delivering it away from immediate paragash reaction. If I have something I need to tell you, what is the, what is the problem in calling you Kando after service and saying, you know, tell you about this and this, we can do this and this and this. Well, it is just you and me. That way I've saved you, I've saved you, I've saved everything concerning you. And I've also delivered the information. The reason I want to do it here is not because of the person, it's because of my ego. People must see that I'm forensic. Les beam on point is not about the person anymore. There's no love in it. It's all about you. In fact, you're doing it out of selfishness. But as a recipient of prophecy, you must be able to divide the wheat from the chaff. You must not assume everybody who's prophesying. Now, that prophetic gift, of one, their character, or two, 
their maturity in God is not the same thing. So you need to know what to pick. Just like you need to know what to pick in a dream. By the way, you can... Uh, do you know somebody can... Robbers can be coming to rob you in a dream. They're carrying guys. They're shooting everybody. And uh, in, in the, uh, they're also carrying a lot of money. You avoid the guns and you collect. You, you can... You can you don't have to do away with the whole dream and uh, no, you don't throw out the baby with the bath water. You pick what you want to pick and you remove what you want to remove. I said this dream is, uh, half of it is nice, half of it is bad. I remove all the bad part, I collect the nice part. I'm in charge. I'm running out of time. I think I'll finish this another time. Wow. Have you learned something? Yes. 